everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be talking to another writer. We love talking to writers here on the podcast. And uh, we are going to be talking with writer Heather Conkey from the, the, she writes on the Heartland show, which you know, we have a lot of Heartland fans uh, that listen to the podcast. So we're really looking forward to that. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Cammie is here. Hello, and I am one of those Heartland fans. Yes, so <laughs> this is going to be great. And Heather, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, not a problem. It's my pleasure. Yes. So what we like to do with our guests is we like to give you a chance to introduce yourself and to tell us what inspired you to become a writer. I understand that you started out as an actress, and so how did that all happen? Actually, I started out as a concert pianist and then okay. an actress, and and then came after years and years of practicing the piano on my own in a room. I became a writer, which was <laughs> years and years of writing inside my room, so in my That's little office. But I really didn't change much, except for now it's a keyboard of a computer, and the other was a keyboard of a piano. But uh, <laughs> certainly love both those things. Uh, I think what inspired me to write, though, is is just. Um, it's funny you mentioned being an actress because I was doing shows for TVO, which is an educational television uh, broadcaster in, in Canada. And I was so interested in what was going on behind the scenes. I kind of followed people and ghosted them and wanted to be around and figure out what, you know, the other parts of this process were. And I became really fascinated by it and started to write my own spec strips and, and it, came and went from there which was fantastic wow so when you were growing up you were focusing more on music and then you mm -hmm. transitioned into into acting uh, and then into yes uh, and then into writing into writing yeah and and now I guess I've transitioned a little more into the production side of things with with uh -huh. Heartland I'm one of the exact yeah. producers but I'm mainly the my biggest role is the showrunner which yeah. means that I'm in charge of all the creative and write scripts on my own and also have a fantastic team of writers who work with me uh -huh. so it's a it's a it's a pretty great job I'm the first one in and the last one out um, because I'm also in charge of the editing and the sound mixing at the very end before we deliver the finished show so oh, wow. it's a it's a, it's a year-long job <laughs> and, and it's uh, probably the favorite thing I've ever done in my life I love it well, there you go. That's always nice. That's great. So, like, if if the, the younger version of Heather came and saw you today, you'd be like, "Wow, that's unexpected. <laughs> Didn't see that coming." I'd say, "You're, God, you're still in a room." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Uh huh. No, I have to say, I'm not in a room by myself all the time. Where we are, I'm on. on I'm sad and I'm on location scouts and scouts rather. And I'm also, uh, it's such an outdoor show as you can tell by watching it. Um, it's so unlike many television shows where you're sort of outside, maybe 40% of the time, the rest of the time you're in a studio where the exact opposite, if not more. So it's a very outdoorsy thing. I, I, I get out of the room. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, as, as somebody who's somewhat of a house hermit myself, I, I uh -huh. <laughs> sometimes you just need to get outside. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's healthy. <laughs> yeah. I'll have days. It's very healthy. 
where I have days where I'm just working on the podcast all day and people will be like, wasn't it a terrible weather today? And, and they'll, I'll be like, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Never did get outside today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's, just part of the job. The job yeah. is, is multifaceted, as I'm sure yours is. It's just so many things and talking to so yeah. many people and and, and coordinating yeah. and collaborating, which is right. not always fun, but in the end, it's so valuable and so and sometimes it's magic. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. I mean, they always say, uh, find out what you love and, and then find a way to get paid for it. Uh, that's the exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, sometimes that takes a little checking to figure that out. Uh, (laughs) Well, very good. Uh, So you worked on a series called Avonlea or Road to Avonlea, depending on where it's at. Um, And Mm -hmm. I, I, I'd seen a a few episodes of it. um, And I, you know, I'm a huge Anna Green Gables fan. Amen. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No, I was curious. As am I. Totally. And what was that like to work on that show? It was amazing because um, I think everything I learned about writing, I learned on on that series. Um, Uh It was an amazing experience. It was my first really big experience because it was also being shown in the States and and was an immediate hit in in Canada. I know that for sure. Uh Um, Of course. And no one, I mean, we knew it was going to be beautiful because they'd already done, Southern Films had already done the beautiful Anne of Green Gables miniseries. And it was spectacular. And so Road to Avonlea was modeled after that with a, a slightly different cast of characters. The main characters were all different, but we still had our beautiful stalwart uh, actors from the Anne of Green Gables um, movies, so it it was you you can never know though when something is going to be successful. You sometimes get kind of goosebumps when when you start thinking of it as a whole and how the whole uh, thirteen episode arc will feel like. And I yeah. was just a writer on that, and um, so I never got that feeling like I do now when I can sit in the edit room and think. Oh, okay. This is this isn't too bad, um, but I I learned so much that it it was it was astounding. I the one thing that I learned about family drama in particular is that life is not just you know a series of dramatic events. People people laugh at the strangest times, and if you can make people cry and then make them laugh within you know five minutes or even less you kind of put people through a catharsis and it, it's a nice catharsis. They feel like they've gone yeah. through something by the end of that hour. And I think that's, that's key. And it's something I've always held on to, uh, certainly learned it loud and clear on Avonlea. And uh, yeah, I, I still miss that show. I, I'm, I'm loved writing for it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the actors. When you look back at that cast now, uh, Sarah Pauly was just so incredibly talented and yeah. so young and um, and she's gone on to be, you know, equally famous as a writer and a director. So good company for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's funny that you would, it's funny that you would say that because I was a theater major in college and that was one of the first things that my very first theater director said in the class that I took almost in the first class that we took from him 
just find the humor, find the humor, find yeah. the humor. And it was amazing yeah. what that did for us as actors when we were looking through the script. Just what can we exactly. laugh at and why? And I still, re I still remember that, uh, I still remember that he put a funny part in Romeo and Juliet that I just went, what? But it worked because it was just the, it was yes. just the amount of comic relief that we needed to, to just alleviate the stress a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's exactly the, that's gotta be the most priceless bit of info that you've said. Yeah. It's important and it's important yeah. on Heartland specifically because it's so multi-generational in, mm -hmm. in a similar way to Avonlea, um, but multi-generational is, is different because different generations have a different humor <laughs> as well. Right. So what is yeah. funny <laughs> about Jack, Jack and Tim coming up nose to nose together is they're, you know, they're probably 20 years apart, but they're, it's classic. You can't, like, we get most of our lightness from their banter. And their right, disagreements, yeah. and and it, but you know with Jade and Georgie, much younger generation, um, they they find other things funny as do teenagers in life. You know, it's it, and you have to keep that in mind all the time. Yeah. Um, when you're writing, everyone has that specific voice because it would be fake funny if it didn't fit them. Uh, yeah. In, you know, particularly, we have a, we have a cast that's so capable of doing both. Um, yeah. every single character has that ability to turn on a dime and, and they know their characters so well, and we know their voices so well, my gosh, if we didn't after 200 episodes, we'd have a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's a joy to watch them with the material mm -hmm. and the read throughs. Some of the things that you hope are funny aren't. And some of the right. things you never thought would be funny just lift off the page. So it's a really interesting experience. Well, well even the difference, even the difference between Ty and Amy yeah. and Cassandra and Caleb, just the difference between yes. what, what the two pairs find funny. I thought, I, I still remember the, when the baby threw up all over Cassandra and Ty and Amy were trying <laughs> so hard to hold it in. Just mortified. Mortified. Yeah. That, so just even between what the two couples find funny from yes. their different perspectives is, is awesome. Exactly. Cause Ty, Ty and Amy are pretty serious. I mean, for the most part, they I mean, are. They're, they're adorable, but but Caleb is funny, and Caleb and Ty interaction is so much fun to write because oh, Caleb sure. is not the brightest, you know, card in the deck. He's <laughs> <laughs> so lovely and 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 has a heart of gold, and you know, he would do anything for anybody who's his friend. Yeah. And we we love we love Caleb. We love the interact and the interaction between him and. And, and also with Lindy, he's amazing with kids. So we mm. have some plans down the road for him, for sure. Oh, Ooh. I bet. That'll be fun. <laughs> so this, this Season 13 has a couple of great Caleb things, for sure. Oh. <laughs> great. Good. <laughs> just to say, just saying. <laughs> just putting thing, it out there. <laughs> one thing I've always been curious about with, uh, with television shows is you have this showrunner who's kind of producing in overseeing everything and then the writers and uh and then other people involved and i was just curious like where 
is most of the just kind of decision making that's kind of made you as is do you as a writer do you get told these are the beats that have to happen in the episode uh in order for this arc no. of the season or do you go to them i think this would be no. the thing to happen or how does that work we put our heads together right as one season ends we start arcing the next one uh-huh. um and it's it's the team. I generally have an idea for the, the overall arc for the next season. Um, we've had pretty good luck in the past of knowing kind of two seasons ahead of ourselves oh, okay. where we want to be. And two I think seasons. that's really helpful. Wow. So that, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always felt that that's a good idea so that you're not going somewhere with the audience and you find yourself painted into a corner. Yeah, um, oh, sure. which yeah. can happen. Um, so we always have a really broad sense of where we want to go, maybe even over, as I say, over two years. But then we have a very definite sense of where we want to go uh, within the year. Um, and we start just planning that. We know exactly where we're going to begin. We know exactly where we're going to end. And then it's filling in. And then it's filling in again with the, the main characters and then the secondary characters. Um, and it usually has a theme. Uh, this year's 13 uh, theme is literally pulling together as a family, which is not unusual on Heartland. They do it anyway, but this year they, they really do it. Uh, they come uh-huh. up against some circumstances where they have to. And uh, that was sort of our theme. And then we just go through the main characters. We, we arc it all out. There's cards all over my walls. <laughs> the writers all get together for about 15 days and we put the, the main things on cards and, and literally okay. cover walls with them. So, And then we talk the other producers through them and oh. we get their notes. So that's the boring part, but no. <laughs> but then we, then we talk the broadcaster, um, which our main broadcaster is the CBC in Canada. And we talk them through it and then we write them up we send them out, we get notes from them, suggestions, um, and we incorporate those, and then we go. Then we go to script. Yeah. But it is a process. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's a process that takes time, but it's so worth it because when we do start writing, we know exactly what we're doing, yeah, even that. if we're writing separately because one of our writers is in Vancouver. I mean, it's so much easier to communicate now than it was. Yeah. You talked about Avonlea. I mean, in Avonlea, I, it was like another era. You couldn't oh. have huge, big conference calls, and you could, and you didn't have instant, you know, Skype calls, and you couldn't communicate. You, you yeah. felt like you were in a bubble. But now, it doesn't matter whether someone's in Calgary or Vancouver or Montreal or Toronto. We can all communicate, and yeah. but it still works better when we're in the same room. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, sure. That's really I interesting. Can, I can only imagine the process when Ty and Amy got engaged or the wedding. Oh. <laughs> Well, truth be told, if you recall, they got engaged about three times. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I do recall we, that. Yep. I know. <laughs> yeah. And the wedding, we, we were, like any writers, were worried. We were worried that the minute we married them, as so often happens in television, people lose interest. But yeah. I am so glad that you did it anyway. Oh, always do it. You know. When you're, my daughter was just on her way to getting married, and of course, you, you know life doesn't end with that. We were, you know, I was planning yeah. my daughter's wedding at the same time as I was planning Amy and Ty. Oh, <laughs> so my was, gosh. Oh, that's magical. Experience. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it uh, makes me laugh thinking about it now. Yeah. yeah. So when you're writing for a character, do you hear the the actor's voice in your head when you're writing a dialogue? Can you hear, especially a show that's been on so long? Do you hear them saying it when you're writing it? Oh, very much so because yeah. they're also <laughs> they're also individual. They're they're all so different. I mean, I, I mean, I can hear Jack's voice constantly in my head, and, yeah. you know, lecturing me half the time. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, no, Sean Johnson, who plays um, Grandpa Jack, is is amazing, and he also at script stage when we're in prep um, to shoot comes into my office for very long conversations about the script and, and gives me what he calls his Jackism. And uh, oh so, and some of them are just so good and so priceless. And then he, he sometimes gives me advice on other characters too. And I shut him down. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, are these conversations solicited or not? <laughs> you know? Oh no, I welcome them because he's just, <laughs> He cares so much about the show and he cares so much about the other actors. He really is, the, he's really the, the grandfather of the cast. Mm-hmm. And he's not as old as he seems on screen, of course. So it's well, kind yeah, of funny he, taking on this role. He and Chris Potter are only, what, six years apart? Is that? Yeah, if that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I yeah, just think that is the funniest thing, but it works. It works so well. Oh, it works so totally. It works beautifully. They're they're perfect for each other. They're the odd <laughs> couple of the, of the show. <laughs> they're terrific. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that no, that's... Um, yeah, we hear we hear them all, and they're and they're all mm-hmm. very. Um, they're not super involved, which is, is is a good thing. But they're involved enough that if they read something that they don't feel right with they'll come and, and tell us and yeah. we listen and, and if we feel that they feel strongly about it, we will make changes. Absolutely. Which I think has created a very happy relationship between all of us. Yeah. Well, I figured there must be something like that because you've been able to keep the same core cast for so long. And uh, so they yeah. must find it a, you know, a stimulating and uh, productive and, you know, they must love being on the show if you're going to be on it for they 13 do. seasons. It's pretty Either amazing. that or there's something in the they, water. They do. <laughs> yes, our, our other, uh, one of the executive producers, Tom Cox, just thinks that the stars aligned and they've just stayed aligned, which is pretty a nice thing to say. I think what it is is they, they all think of each other as family. Uh-huh. At this point, it's not just a family on screen. It's a family after hours they they give each other pep talks and support and they get mad at each other at times just like family and but they're just all so smart and they they love the role they love the show yeah we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast they're the good folks over at hello fresh and right now you can if you go to lowfresh.com slash hallmarkies 10 use code hallmarkies 10 you can get 10 free meals including free shipping. It's a great deal. They're America's number one meal kit and uh, they provide 22 plus seasonal chef curated recipes each week that you can choose from. So it's really great service and it really helps you get out of your dinner rut. Uh, if you, uh, 
kind of get tired of making the same recipes, but you need some ideas that it's a really good way to do that. And they have different themes. You can get low calorie, vegetarian, family friendly recipes. And so that's great. Also saves you time. You don't have to go to grocery store. You don't have to spend the time planning and getting everything ready. And one thing's nice as a single person that I like about the service is I get just enough I need for a particular recipe. So I'm not I don't have tons of big bottles of sauce that I, you know, only need for one recipe or spices that I only need for one recipe. So I think that is really nice. Uh, the packaging HelloFresh uses to ship the food is almost entirely made from recyclable and already recycled content. The carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. And uh, it's, it's flexible. You can add uh, lunches to the order you can get uh, garlic bread cookie dough other things that you can add which is really nice uh, you can change delivery days you can make it work for your schedule which is great and so definitely check out HelloFresh. i think it'll really be a great thing for your family or even if you're single like me uh, you'll really uh, enjoy it so go to hellofresh.com hallmarkies10 use code hallmarkies10 for 10 free meals including free shipping so there's a lot of animals on the particularly horses on the show and i'm sorry it's true there are yes and so i was wondering if that's challenging working with the animals and also like writing them into (laughs) into this to the script because you don't know how they're going to behave. oh you never know how they're going to behave but they they're I have to say, half the time I think they read the script because they do, <laughs> they do react really, really well. Uh, we have, first of all, we have amazing wranglers who are so talented and they're all horse whisperers themselves. They, they know exactly how to make these horses uh, do what they do. And of course, we have doubles um, and horse, we have our, our jumping horse and our horse that will rise up and, 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 nay at the same time but they're all movie horses in many ways so they are used to the camera they're used to uh it also which is important it's a very quiet set because we we don't have people who yell at each other you can't when you're around horses and animals of any kind you it has to be very calm and with little kids as well so we have a very very quiet set which Mm -hmm. helps but the day i i have to tell you though in our first meeting always in prep with the Wranglers and we write as if the horses are people. So we write things in the script, like Spartan turns away, obviously upset. (laughs) They get quite a kick out of that because we anthropomorphize. Is that right? Uh, The animals in a ridiculous way. We sometimes do it just to get them uh, going, but (laughs) yes, we have them undergoing grief. We have them undergoing joy we uh, just like we would write for a cast member because they are cast members spartan is a cast member and i probably sound a little crazy but they the the wranglers after laughing heartily at the way we write will go away and actually get the horse to do what we've written so i give them all the the kudos for that i don't i to this day well there's a scene and i won't divulge what the scene is but one of the last scenes of season 13 is in my mind miraculous i've never Mm -hmm. seen horses do what they do in that 
in that particular scene. So you, you oh, must wow. wait for the, the last few minutes of episode 10 of season 13 to watch it because it's a perfect example of what the Wranglers are able to do. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Uh, so what do you think is the key element that has allowed Heartland to last for all of these now going on 13 seasons? What do you think makes it work with the audience and uh, with, you know, with everybody involved? Oh, I think it's a lot of luck. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But I, I also think that people that the fans who watch it really believe these characters are real and they want to live at Heartland. It's very, I don't know, inspirational maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I think we touch on a lot of subjects that people go through in their life and mm-hmm. so they can relate to them. I think there's a multi-generational cast and, and stories. So because of that, we have a very multi-generational audience. Um, we have, if we can believe the numbers, we have everybody from four to 94 and above. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's because there's something for everybody we have made. I mean, it's not completely by chance. We've made it a, an order of the day to introduce new younger characters because when we started our Amy character was playing 15 and now she's married woman with, with a a three-year-old this year. Um, and so we needed, and then we had Mallory who also grew up on camera and uh, till she was like 17. And so she became a teen. And then we brought in Georgie who was nine when we brought her in. So we constantly bring in, uh, just a younger generation that the younger viewers can, can really relate to, even though I think the younger viewers relate to Jack just as easily. (laughs) I also think at the very beginning, when we were doing 18 episodes um, per season, we were also able to see all four seasons of the year. So we started, we always start shooting in the spring, but you could see spring, summer, autumn, and winter. And it also, it made people for all those years feel like they lived a year in the life of the family because they lived through the seasons with them. And I I think that helped us a lot. I also think it's just how beautiful the place is it, it's a beautiful place to shoot alberta is incredible uh the scenery is so much a part of our show um I, so i think everybody gets a much needed hour of maybe that laughter and tears we talked about plus a beautiful setting that they'd really love to be there instead of maybe in the here and now sometimes yeah but they're I sure loyal that- I think that I think that one of the other things that you do so well is what you said is treating the horses like cast members, because then it makes us sympathize with the horses and not just the characters. I still remember I discovered Heartland on Netflix when I was pregnant and I was having terrible insomnia. And so I just started watching it thinking, oh, it's going to be another TV show. And then I started watching it. Like, oh, my goodness, this is very interesting. And I still remember watching an episode and thinking, I want to get a ramp someday. And then I said, wait a minute, what am I talking about? <laughs> no, I, I, I could not possibly take on that responsibility. But 
I am constantly fighting those feelings of wanting to get a ranch. And so you're doing something right. <laughs> well, you have to, you have to get your ranch or even better, just come and visit our ranch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would much go. rather do that. I can, I can come, I can come and visit. I'm a, I'm very much a, I'm very much a suburban girl. I'm not a city girl, but I am a suburban girl. So I don't know if I would be cut out to live on a ranch, but, I would be glad to stay for a week. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've had many people request that. Um, and we've had many people actually write to us or come up to us at fan days and, and say, we did buy a ranch. We did uh -huh. move. We oh moved out goodness. of the city and we love it. But yeah. I'm sure there's just as many who, who did that and then just don't <laughs> want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back to the city. <laughs> right. I'm sure it's hard. I know okay. Um, Amber Marshall, who plays Amy, has a ranch of her own. So she's up right. at, uh, I don't even know what time, because her call times are usually 6 and 6.30 in the morning. Oh she's up goodness. doing all her chores at her own ranch before she comes to the Heartland wow. Ranch. And I wow. don't quite know how she does it, but she's, she's an amazing girl mm -hmm. and manages to do a lot of things really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, because I was thinking... I was going to ask you how you keep coming up with story ideas for these characters that have been on almost every episode. But in a way, if you're thinking about it as just sort of living with these characters, it's probably not, I mean, I'm sure it's difficult, but maybe not as difficult as you would think because you're just, what's the next step in life, you know, for these, exactly. for these characters. And that's what you're going to talk about. Exactly. It, 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 it is a, we try to be as real as possible and we try to um, follow everybody in the writer's room has different experiences and we, but you're always better to write about what you know. And we also share our actors experiences and yeah. where they're going in their lives. And it, and yeah. it does, it's a family. Right. So things happen in families and they're good things and bad things. And, and, and to make it, obviously what they would do in their life if this happened this is what they would do um yeah. it, it, it's easier than writing i shouldn't say this for other writers will kill me but i think it's easier <laughs> than a procedural in some ways yeah because you're not constantly plotting um and making you know keeping things secret until the end of the episode or whatever or, or writing a mystery it's way more a slice of life than that which mm -hmm. i think is I, I much prefer writing for sure uh yeah that that makes sense that makes total sense to me uh so do you have any little you said a few things about season 13 but is there anything else you want to tell viewers to entice them to uh, for the new season <laughs> well i think we we set off in 1301 with the feeling that amy and ty were had made their business extremely successful and were busy and things couldn't have been better they were even starting to build on their beautiful site that Jack gave them for their house and everything is great except in this day and age of social media it's so easy to make enemies um, and one very disgruntled horse owner really threatens to bring their business down mm. and it's something that they deal with um, until I guess halfway through the, the season um, so that and he the actor who plays this disgruntled guy is wonderful um, so I think you'll, I think the audience will love that. And uh, mm -hmm. we also see Georgie coming back from Europe, quite different in the way she, her outlook is. And we 
kind of think that there's somebody that she met out there, but we're not about, don't meet him for a while. And, hmm. uh, but her, her life actually changed a bit while she was in Europe and she doesn't tell anybody, of course. Um, and Georgie as well graduates from high school this year. Um, wow. And is planning <laughs> on a road trip with her little sidekicks, Adam and Wyatt. Um, but then something comes along that totally disturbs that. We also have a lot of stories for the people who love the horse stories, which hopefully is everybody. The, the, the herd of Will's wild horses that they took over in the previous yeah. season is still, is still where they put them in, in what we call Mustang Meadows. It's kind of that beautiful field in front of where their house is being built. And sure. because there's no natural predators, Amy is talked into gentling some of them um, so that they can go to new owners who appreciate them and love them. And so there's this one horse uh, that she tries to gentle, and it, it's it's a diva, and you know, oh, it will not. And in the process, however, she does see another horse that she is able to to work with. So, and that that horse plays a role throughout the season, and he's absolutely beautiful. Um, and I think we have a couple of really wonderful Jack stories coming up that uh, look into something that happened to him—a very tragic incident that happened to him and he's been harboring it and not talking about it for 50 years and that's like a two-parter and we we delve into jack's past more than we ever have um and and discover something that he's been keeping from his own family um and it's beautifully um beautifully done beautifully directed it was was, speaking of Anne green cables it was directed by megan follows who was the original Anne. so that was wonderful yeah, so yeah. we're looking forward to everybody's reactions to that episode because it was a was a bigger budget than normal too. In episode four, um, it's it's quite a stunning oh. episode. But you know, it's it's full of fun stuff and full of Mitch, uh, Tim, Jack things about the stupid beef business and and uh, Tim and Jack have a major feud over the fact that. Jack becomes, even though photo, a photographer came and took pictures of all three of them to to advertise Heartland Beef, Jack is the only one they feature in the ad. So that <laughs> has long repercussions. And of course, he's gorgeous in the picture and every every woman in Hudson has it on their fridge. <laughs> it just puts him nose right out of joint. So there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of adventure. Uh, this is actually, I think... I mean, they're all favorites, but I think this was one of my favorite seasons of all oh. um, in, in the writing in the seeing it being produced in post. Um, the music is absolutely fantastic. The cinematography is beautiful. It, it just, it just worked. And for, uh-huh. a, for a show to feel fresh like that uh, after this many years is, is just a great feeling. Yeah. It's a great accomplishment. And we're going to have to wait how long to get it here in the States? Darn it. Not, not very long, actually. Well, we wanted to not tell. Not very long. Yeah. We, it's actually, it's already started. Uh, you can watch uh, season 13 of 
Heartland on Up TV's Up Faith and Family uh, streaming service that you can subscribe to. Uh, and we'll put all that information in the description section if people want to check it out. And uh, thank you so much, Heather, for coming on and talking with us. This has been really interesting. I always love hearing sort of the behind the scenes of the writers. And uh, so that was great. And we really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to seeing what happens next uh, in the world of Heartland. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. We, it was lovely talking to you two as well. You're, you're uh, really interesting people to talk to. Oh, oh well, thank our pleasure. You. Our pleasure. Uh, do you, you do you have any social media or anything like that that you want to share? Or, or are you good? <laughs> well, the show does. You can yes. find it. It's, there's a blog site. There's a Heartland site. Um, please use it and promote the show as best you can. We, okay. we love the fact that you do that. Well, we're happy to do it. And thanks again for coming on. And uh, everybody listening, let us know your thoughts on Heartland and know what we talked about and uh, your excitement for season 13. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, Twitter or in the comments section. Uh, let us know. And uh, thanks again, Heather. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up again another time. And uh, so I would love that. All right. We'll talk to you later then. Bye, everybody. Okay, thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Hi, I just wanted to add one more thing real quick to this interview. Uh, we found out from the folks over at Up Faith and Family uh, Streaming Services that uh, we got a link that can take you to get two weeks free. Uh, if you're interested and you want to watch shows like Heartland on their service, uh, then you can check that out. It's this is not a sponsorship. This is just something, a perk that they are giving for our listeners. So go and check that out if you want the two weeks free and you want to check out Up TV's Faith and Family subscription uh, streaming service. So thanks. <laughs>